0: Happy Monday, Duke City. Hope you had the best weekend ever. Crazy Sunday of football, a lot of upsets, a lot of action, a lot of crazy endings, a lot of crazy plays. We're going to get into that in the five o'clock hour. Welcome to Dave and Buster's Presents Two Men On. We're live from the John Lopez Real Estate and Coldwell Banker Legacy Studio. We're powered by New Mexico Pinon Coffee. We play on Team I-9 Sports, and we get our sweat on at the Y. Take an opportunity to find your Y. Vital, you curiously looking around and noticing that it's just me.
1: Yeah, I just kind of went over to the side, went back to the other side, and then I just saw you.
0: Nope, I'm the skinny one with the goofy mustache.
1: (laughs) You're the only one in there right now.
0: Fred is not here. Fred's on vacation. Wish Fred a happy Thanksgiving at 505-246-0610. That would be the Kwan's Auto Care Hotline. Or 505-246-0610, the Sports Animal Text Line, as I will be responding to your text messages. If you have any hot takes while we don't have a guest on, Feel free to call in, poke me, prod me, ask me the the questions you're afraid to ask anyone else. We can get dark here. We can go Dr. Drew if you want, or you just talk sports. Vital, how's your weekend, buddy?
1: It was real good until yesterday afternoon. Oh but no, that was a heck of a game. A lot of offense and two quarterbacks dueling it and out. And uh, though Green Bay has one third of their starters out, they were in the game till the end.
0: Yeah, and a couple of interceptions that had to get taken back. Rasul Douglas, poor guy, got two picks and none of them counted.
1: No, Savage had the other one and uh didn't look like he had bobbled it. But anyhow, Oh, did know, they have
0: one of each? I thought it was Douglas both times.
1: Douglas and then uh, Savage. Savage
0: had the 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 one that would have sealed it. Yeah. That's and, rough, right? And he,
1: and he did he did come down with it, but they overturned it and it didn't look, you know, it's got to be conclusive that it was real bad where they would have to re- you know, to, 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 you know, reverse it. And so anyhow, they lose, but they're still one of the best teams in the NFC because really I don't know at this point because it's been so crazy the last three to four weeks in the NFL, who's the best team in the AFC and the NFC. I have no idea yet.
0: Yeah. I mean, there's in both leagues, no real dominant team has emerged and, and we'll get into that. Me and Vital going to talk some football in the five o'clock hour. Star-studded guests today, Vital. We got very next segment. We got spoken word operation director. Hometown hero lives right down the office, right down the way. Vital's boss, Jared Hart. We're going to hit you with some fantasy talk, some fantasy perspective that you may not have considered, loyal listener.
1: This is crazy times to have fantasy league. Wow. I mean, a lot of the quarterbacks have been injured the last couple of weeks. Running backs.
0: And you're singing my song. It's basically like an old Tennessee Williams play, an old Hank Williams Sr. song, my fantasy team, at least in the, the radio league that I'm in. 430, Robert Buck D. Gibson will join us to talk about the Chargers game. And talk about what it's like being at an NFL football game, air quotes, post-COVID.
1: New stadium tuned to boot.
0: <laughs> Big new shiny stadium.
1: That was a wild game. That's all I'm going to say until you guys talk about it. Our, what our, a wild finish.
0: Our third, Robert Gibson, will be joining us at 4.30 on the Kwan's Auto Care Hotline. 4.45, I'm going to hit you with some MLB hot stove talk. 5 o'clock, me and Vital are going to bring you the NFL talk. And one of my favorite guests and favorite people at 5.15 will be joining us, Rob Portnoy, voice of the Lobos, everything Lobo, everything Albuquerque. One of our favorite guests will join us to talk about some recaps and looking ahead to the next Lobos contest, which of course he will be the voice of. Albuquerque, I got some leaf problems, as you know by the changing weather, as you know by little crunchy boys being all over the place. You could hear them underneath your little feet when you're walking around. There's leaves everywhere. And I have an issue, Vital, and I'd love to hear your perspective on this. Every year, I'm in a quandary whether I should bag the leaves or just let them sit there and turn into mulch because... A little inside biology here for you. A little inside ecology for you here, loyal listener. You're not required to bag up your leaves. They dry out and they turn into dirt. I don't know if you know that, everyone, but it is healthy for your yard, for your leaves to die and turn into mulch. It provides nutrients. It provides shade. It provides warmth. It's the natural look, and it's the natural look, and it looks and, and it looks cool all all winter, right? To have those leaves sitting out there, I don't know about
1: that. I mean, because I mean, you, I'm so used to growing up in Wisconsin, where the, the you get the huge leaves from the oak trees, and you got to bag them up and get rid of it from the backyard to the front yard. You got to take care of it. So I wouldn't know, but th- I think there's nothing wrong with having leaves all around till spring.
0: Yeah, I don't either, and and I'm the older I get. And the more hippie I get, which is like slowly increasing, (laughs) you can tell I got the long hair. You can tell I got the goofy mustache. You know I'm a vegetarian. I drive a friggin' Prius. I'm slowly becoming more hippie.
1: When I start seeing those sandals, I'll I'll have to say yes.
0: Uh, uh, Aesthetically, I'm not in the sandals. And comfort, I'm not in the sandals. (laughs) Unless it's like on a beach. So that one I'm never going to grow into.
1: Or tie-dye shirts.
0: But usually people get with with older age, and I'm about to hit 40 here in a couple months, usually people become more conservative, right? They become more Clint Eastwood on the Porchian. And I am not. I've been slowly becoming more liberal hippie in my old age. And one of them, the question for today is, do you bag or mulch or just let sit your leaves? And, I, and I've been conflicted the last few years because I have this dry, giant garbage tree in my front yard that has no purpose whatsoever besides providing shade for my south-facing house. But the tree does nothing for me whatsoever besides shade. I don't hang out underneath it. It doesn't provide any fruit. All it does is drop these horrible little tassels in the spring and then litter my yard oh, with I leaves in the winter. It's it's. An invasive species; it has no purpose whatsoever, besides just taking up room.
1: So, well, that, if you don't like the tree and what comes falls from the tree, I would, I would, that would drive me nuts, that I'd have to look at that on the ground all year. I would clean that
0: up. Well, I mean, it's just <laughs> the only reason I leave this garbage tree in my front yard, this worthless, just piece of nothing tree in my front yard, because it provides shade to my south-facing sure. home, and I and I don't have central air; I have central swamp. So, you know, that doesn't do the best job if your house is hot and I don't want all that summer sun going through my my windows. So I leave this garbage tree in my front yard, which is just the bane of my existence. I care zero about this tree. Like I said earlier, I'm, I'm becoming more hippie in my old age. But that love does not apply to this useless garbage tree that just takes up space in my front yard and drops bazillions of tassels. That tree's been there for probably a long time, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's an old tree.
1: You're not going to tear it. I see if the, I'm, I'm the homeowner, I would cut that sucker down.
0: Well, my my house is going to be on the market next year. So if the people who buy <laughs> it want to take the tree down, Let them I, do just, it. I don't, as much disdain as I have for this tree, I don't have it in me to just cut it down and just level it because I feel like it's, it's part of the home. It's lived there so much longer than I have. Like, Who am I to say that- Right. Just because this giant pile of garbage with leaves has no purpose to me, I still have some guilt complex built in about just murdering this tree that's been there forever, even though it does nothing for anyone except for the front-facing windows of my living room.
1: No one can see a part of your house. That's not a bad thing.
0: And these stupid tassels that it spits out in the spring are worse than these extraneous leaves that come every fall. In the spring, there's just these little they look like rotini pastas that are dried out. <laughs> they serve no purpose whatsoever. And be besides giving my family uh, um, allergies and giving my neighbors allergies oh, and then yeah. blowing all over the neighborhood, if these little tassel things blow everywhere, I feel like a pile of garbage, because they serve even less of a purpose as these dead leaves that pile up every year. Yeah. So I, I do sweep up and throw away the tassels. But the leaves, every year I'm conflicted. 505 246 0610. You got problems, my friend. Hit me up on the sports animal text line. Are you a bagger? Are you a mulcher? Are you a leave right where they stay? Because I think this year I'm a leave right where they stay.
1: See, you don't have a neighborhood association telling you what to do with that tree either. No, oh, God, no.
0: No, I live downtown in Borellis. They wouldn't dare tell me what to do with my property. Right.
1: So you don't have the pressure there. It's a good question. Yeah, it's a good what question, do with
0: right? That tree? I I would like to hear homeowners or renters who have trees. What do you do with your leaves every year? Or do you do you actually look forward to bagging them up? Is it is like a fun, engaging experience for you? No.
1: That's the that's <laughs> got to be the most people's answer, that. right? Unless you like a lot of people like, look, the weather's been beautiful this fall. To get out, get out in some fresh air and do, do do a chore like that. Yeah, there's no problem with that. I can see.
0: When we get back, we're talking fantasy with Jared Hart, spoken word operations director right here at the Sports Animal, right here at Cumulus. You're listening to 95.9 FM and AM610, the Sports Animal. Welcome back, Duke City. You're listening to Dave & Buster's Presents Two Men On. We're live from the John Lopez Real Estate Coldwell Banker Legacy Studio. We're powered by New Mexico Pinon Coffee, and we play on Team I-9 Sports. We get our sweat on at the Y, and I encourage you to find your why. You still call it Two Men On? Yeah, yeah did, you, did you want to change it again? No, I just you didn't know. You want to rebrand? I didn't know if One Man On. Well, like, my for towel's K's here, work. at least, and you're here. Okay. So Three Men On. For a second, it's going to be Three Men On. <laughs> If you're not a math guy. Just curious. 505-246-0610. Call us at the Kwan's Auto Care Hotline. But not this segment, because <laughs> we have a guest sitting in. Spoken Word Operations Director Jared Hart. Good afternoon. Hey, good afternoon. Thank you for having me on. That's my honor. Is it? Nah, not really.
2: I, I didn't know if you were trying to kiss up or if content was really that bad. That you were this
0: desperate well you often have me you often sit in on kkob whether they need you to cover the show or not
2: <laughs> you make it sound like i just show up randomly
0: and go put me up. on the radio my show today get out of here tj i've not hosted over here i wonder why that is you're gonna have some opportunities <laughs> i think this holiday for the holidays
1: yeah i think you did one hour did i when was it yeah that? you did it was a while back in the early it, part of the summer and it
0: was probably really bad
1: No, it was actually good. Nobody asked me
0: back. Well, loyal listener, if you do not know Jared Hart, he's a spoken word operations director here at Cumulus. He is my direct, um, just use the word boss, I guess. He's my supervisor. You put the super in supervisor, buddy. And he's just a wealth of knowledge and information and perspective. And I wanted to have you today to talk about the sadness that is a poor fantasy season.
2: Our fantasies are so terrible, you and me. I think there's a guy who you okay in our fantasy league. We have a J.J. Uh, Buck runs a league. it has got like Jeff Grammer from the the journals in it, and like you know Eric Strauss from K.K.O.B. A bunch of these people, right? All Carlos Duran from yeah. yeah K.O.B.Q. And you and I are so dismal in the bottom of this league that we are in competition for someone that has not set their lineup the duration of the season yeah the only person that does a little bit worse than we do is a guy that's never logged in that
0: That is tragic the guy who's never logged in we have the same record
2: (laughs) three and seven
0: so me and you are ninth and tenth struggling in this league and then and then in 11th is a guy who's never logged in and in dead last is a girl i actually don't know who that
2: is (laughs)
0: I, I, so uh, honestly, the the
2: two and eight person in our league
0: is the one that I think has
2: never logged in. So you're telling me that I have I I'm embarrassed the amount of time that I check my fantasy. Like it, it, you get the 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 Instagram finger, you know, where you just naturally just click it and you don't know why. Yeah, mm, yeah. you're like on your phone, you're kind of no no no, and you're like click. And I'm like, and it pulls up on my and I look at it, I'm like, why am I checking my fa-? It's Tuesday. There's nothing for me to do. oh, well,
0: you gotta do your uh, acquisitions. You just, uh, look at yeah. your yeah, waiver. Yeah, let, yeah, let waiver me check.
2: request. Here's the thing. I I hold JJ Buck is a sinister character here. He had our NFL draft NFL draft, sorry. Our fantasy draft. <laughs> uh-huh. He scheduled our fantasy draft for the Sunday of Labor Day. That's how that's how awful. Now he put it together kind of late and, you know, you gotta get going. Sure. But who it was the sunday of labor day and on labor day i was like oh that's tonight i got to make sure i do that and i logged in nope already happened now i'm not saying i would have done anything different than the computer did right but if you let the computer auto draft it like you'll get a quarterback in the second round cuz it just looks at math Right. It's like, oh, hey, uh, first round, let's get you a good running back. Second round, you might need a kicker. Wait, what? I, like, have, what whoa. are you doing to me here? Yeah, like, <laughs> auto draft does nothing except just ruin how fast you fill out your thing. But obviously, the first three or four, I wasn't going to do any different. Sure. Which is the reason that uh, Aaron Jones is now sitting on my bench because he's injured and and doing also last the last two. Anyway, my point is you who pretend to know a bit about sports correct i will say in in our office here we also have a pick'em league yes and whenever you remember to submit for the pick'ems i win every week you win every week yeah Yeah. which is really puzzling to me (laughs) because your fantasy team it's like the producers the mel brooks musical like you seem like you're
0: trying to lose oh because i i i literally lost to the only two teams that are behind me in this thing which would be the team that has not logged in all year, and you know the girl who both who both beat me. It's, it's not a Marie. Cumulative, cumulatively beat me by three and a half points in <laughs> in two losses. I lost by two points. I lost wow. by one point six points, and that is hard to do. Excuse me, no, excuse me. I lost by point two points Oof. and point one six points to the team that has not participated. And the, again, the team, the team that starts three or four people that are on bye week every week. Yes. And and that's who you, you dropped yeah. it to. The, the, yeah, they didn't even have a quarterback the week that they beat me. <laughs> it's true. It's, it's fine. i got it's, Cousins for a quarterback now. And I should have learned a lesson because not. in my, my fantasy baseball league, the auto-drafter, our first auto-drafter in the history of the league, won the league this year. Yeah. Like wire-to-wire mean, wire won the league. So I, it makes me happy that J.J.
2: Buck, the commissioner, is not – crushing in our league because that always makes me
0: suspicious because he doesn't drink and he set us up to draft on the day he knew everyone would be drinking. Is that why Who
2: sets it for the same, by the way, like the Sunday of labor day, the Sunday, you might as well made it Friday night at like 10 o'clock at night. Sure. By the way, me drafting auto drunk is, is still better than auto draft. Like me with a couple cocktails, <laughs> at least I end up with like a mid 500 season rather than the embarrassment
0: that is... It's bad. It's very bad. It's this very year bad. For, for us. It's very bad. For us, it's very bad. And when things are going well, and you're just killing it in fantasy, these thoughts would never come into your head. But we just went on a rant earlier about how fantasy is ruining the actual sport of football. No, no, no. This, this is... Uh,
2: okay. I know everybody's got their pet issue. Okay. We, when we talk about stuff like events, hey, how come that concert failed? It didn't fail because of one reason. Oh, it it was raining, or oh, blah, 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 it's it's, 10% of people didn't come because the ticket was too expensive. 10% of people didn't come because it was a weeknight show. 10% of blah, 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 blah. When we talk about the ratings in the NFL being down, a lot of people would like to point to kneeling. Oh, it's got to be the kneeling. Like,
0: that might be for some people. On which side? Uh, Tebow or Cap? Which kneeling? uh, That the Right. Yeah. Because it's pretty polarizing for the equal and opposite people. So,
2: that's why some people stopped watching. But I really believe that the NFL's biggest problem and the reason that it's ratings continue to sort of not also, it's still the biggest thing on television, but the struggle that they have is they have taken away the importance of Sunday. They've taken away this thing that used to live just on Sunday and Monday now has a crappy ass game on Thursdays. And now is something that you check in and red zone. Similarly. Yeah. People don't watch football games anymore they watch all sorts of it's like watching ESPN Sports Center live and i think that they have watered down their now i think they did an amazing job of making their product infinitely accessible to people that wanted it but i think that they told those people this isn't as important this exists all the time and you don't have to you don't have to make it a special place clear out your sunday and never do anything i mean when i was a kid sunday was the day where Church was a struggle to get people to go to. Yeah, but sure. n- who cares now? Content's available all the time. It exists all the time. Yeah, I think fantasy. You just go to church. You got it.
0: you got a an no, Airpo- no, AirPod AirPod in one ear. saying the, the, walk in the, the red way. zone, and you got Jesus in the other ear. So you got the best of both worlds. You don't even got to skip church anymore. You can but, just i the earbud
2: Sunday to church like that that joke. You know, like the guys in church and they're all watching the same play. Yeah. That doesn't happen. Who nobody? You come home and you TiVo it and you catch you up and you stay off social. Like it it doesn't. For having a product that is so immediate and important for right now in the live sporting event, I think fantasy tells people this thing happens all the time and
0: you don't have to interact with it the same way. And I I think it's killed like pure blatant team loyalty. And I have in a perfect example, literally from yesterday, as in my other league where I'm not so horrible and inefficient and a bottom feeder, I'm at the top (laughs) of the league in another league. It's not the one that happens on the radio. That's and fine. That, yeah, not the one that you have any proof of whatsoever. <laughs> but I swear, I swear, there's another one, and I'm doing very well in it. And I happen to have Justin Jefferson in that league, and he torched my Packers yesterday. Yeah. So, and they were all scores to go ahead. And it's like go ahead, yeah, touchdown, right. Vikings, Justin Jefferson. And I'm sitting there so conflicted because here, this guy's uh. going to propel me to victory, but my team is losing. So fantasy has killed all-team loyalty
2: i think it's also made it so that you're a very much more aware you would have known the big running back and the big wide receiver you have become more aware of people deeper in the charts especially when you play fantasy every year like i don't know like there's people that are second and third string receivers which gives you an idea of how deep my fantasy team is really sucking here yeah yeah, yeah. but those things and knowing those players i don't think that helps you participate more with the nfl i don't think that helps you on sunday that oh oh i got that guy on my team and hey he just you know had a good grab like I, it doesn't it doesn't make your connection to that team what made the nfl work was a deep seated connection to the team that you grew up watching with your dad and your brothers or grew up doing as a spite move to the kid that lived across the street right like all of those things and fantasy is, an, is a temporary loyalty that I don't think
0: works the same way. 100%. And, and to check on your fantasy, your face has to be in your phone. Guess what you're not uh, uh, doing? Huh? You're not watching your team play defense. Like, Honestly?
2: So, Dude, when is the last time you watched a game, not, this, not a playoff game, without checking? Twitter, without checking yeah, fantasy, without point. checking... The whole game, like three hours straight. Yes. It would than, have to
0: be a Packers
2: playoff game last it, year. Playoffs. It's, on, yeah. it's only playoffs. Yeah. Because it, why, and why only playoffs? Yeah. Because it matters. It matters. Yeah. That's the problem. Fantasy teaches you that it doesn't matter. It's always happening. Yeah. It's turned it into baseball. Baseball is like, you know, you. everybody's going to win 64 games, everybody's going to lose 64 games, the other 64 that matter. Football accidentally told everybody that. And I don't think they meant to.
0: And if this, if this, polarizing culture that we have splitting us in thirds or halves or whatever isn't enough now we have fantasy to fuel that fire because like once a year like some defensive player who gave up like a pick six or something would get death threats or awful emails now it's every week people are harassing some guy because they Underperformed for their fantasy football team, which matters nothing at all in your life. Wait. This is supposed to make your life more fun and meaningful.
2: <laughs> it, it means it not, nothing. But it's not even that. It's that a computer algorithm guessed you were going to score 16 points, yeah. and like, turns out you got 11. Like, sorry that the computer guessed how I was going to do poorly. Yeah. Like, why are you
0: giving me death threats on Twitter? So now I'm going to send a direct Twitter message to Alan so Robinson deep. the second. Okay, you guys about- that Bears wide. Receiver, you guys are like, hey,
2: and hit us on the text machine at, you know, no, don't read the texts, don't read the Twitter, <laughs> don't read any
0: of it. It is, there's, people are so mean, and plenty of, plenty of players have said historically that like, I don't care about fantasy. But then they own like three or four fantasy teams, and their friends are all on it, and they talk about it all the time. But it's just like when overly aggressive fanboy hits them up on Twitter, then they don't care about fantasy. But when their best friend scores two touchdowns, they're all at each other on Twitter. Be like, ah, thanks for helping my team out. Right. Yeah. Jared Hart. This is fun. Spoken word operations director here at Cumulus here. Looming over the sports animal. And talk about how bad my fantasy team is all day. This is delightful. Let's do it again sometime. <laughs> Appreciate you, buddy. When we get back, Robert Buck D. Gibson will tell us about the Chargers game as he was there in person, and we will talk about the live NFL experience, air quotes post-COVID. You're listening to 95.9 FM and AM six ten the sports animal. Beverly Hills. That's where Buck D just was. welcome back to dave and busters presents two men on live from the john lopez real estate coldwell banker legacy studio we're powered by new mexico pinon coffee we play on team i9 sports and we encourage you to find your why at the ymca thanks to jared hart spoken word operations director for joining us and allowing me to vent about my fantasy team last segment. That meant a lot to me, and I hope it meant a lot to you, loyal listener. It's a Fredless day here. You might be expecting of two men on, one Fred Slow and one Van Nunley. We only got one of them here, as I am Van Nunley. And then one of us aren't here. We bring in the big guns,
3: Robert Buck D. Gibson. But you ain't here either. Where are you at, Don? <laughs> well, now I'm in Vegas, but last night I was in LA. Man,
0: watch the thrilling Los Angeles Chargers host the Who Am I Pittsburgh Steelers, forty-one thirty-seven. What was it like to see your boys win in person?
3: Well, they pulled what I always see when I when I watch them on TV or in person. They'll make you feel like we're going to be the best team ever. Then, at some point in the game, you feel like, okay, we're the same old Chargers. We're about to lose. But they pulled it out. They pulled it out last night. To my surprise, they pulled it out because I'm not going to lie, I gave up. I was like, all right, we lost this game.
0: The Pittsburgh Steelers scoring 27 points in the fourth quarter. I didn't know this happened because I quit watching when it was 30-10. Was to 10. But here they yeah. come. I mean, is this, is this like genius play calling in the fourth quarter? Like the Pittsburgh offensive coordinator noticed a weakness and started piling it on. Was this a collapse by the Chargers defense? What did you see? Also, it was the fourth quarter. Were you too drunk by then for professional analysis?
3: Well, you know what? I'm glad uh, that you realized what I was doing in the fourth quarter. So, yes, <laughs> it was a lot of beer, a drunk analysis, but it's accurate analysis. Ah, there we go. Um, it wasn't It wasn't so much of the offense. It was they blocked a punt, they tipped a pass, and next thing you know, they scored at least three touchdowns within four minutes. And they... Made us go four and out. We went for it on fourth and one, stopped it. They got the ball back, kicked the field goal, went up by three. That's when I was like, all right, same old charges. We lost. But we have Justin, Randall, Steve, Lamar, Cunningham, Mike Young, Jackson, Vic Herbert. <laughs> <laughs> He's different, man. He's different. He went, uh, he went 30, 30
0: of 41 for 382 yards, three TDs, and a pick. And the pick was off a deflection, correct? Right. So, yep. I, I think those should count as like half picks. If you hit your receiver in the hand and it just falls into the, the defender's hands, I think it shouldn't be a full pick. But that's just me.
3: I'm with you. I'm with you on that. So,
0: on top of those 382 passing yards, Herbert had 90 count him 90 rushing yards he put on a show
3: for you there oh yeah he went off and I was reading somewhere he's the first quarterback to have I believe I read at least 390 passing and 90 yards rushing in one game which I found hard to believe but it's true what a game uh, yeah. So
0: it was awesome you being there. It was awesome seeing your team. It was awesome seeing them take the dub right in front of you. But what was it like just being at an NFL game for the first time in
3: a long time? Oh, man. The energy. Well, first of all, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell the truth. It was, we were, it felt like Heinz Field, Pittsburgh West, because it was nothing but a Steelers fan there. Um, but it kind of balanced out, but still, there's a lot of Steelers fans. You know, with COVID restrictions and all that, I didn't know what to expect, but it wasn't that bad. I was actually overly prepared. You come in, I had my Vax card, but they didn't even – you could have had it on your phone and just showed it with your ID. So, you know, you, they had the mask mandate, what was kind of lax as well. So, But it was fun just being in that environment with that many people and that much energy, especially at a game with that much excitement.
0: So what was it? What was it like? Like walking in? Like was it the buzz there? Where you just you didn't know what to expect? You're like, oh, this is going to be nothing like the last game I went to. Was there like that electricity of being at a live event, or was it kind of subdued because of all the mandates and rules, et cetera?
3: No, actually, you know what? It was a lot of energy. It was, the energy was there uh, for me and my buddy Six. We when we checked into the hotel, it was there. There right then we didn't have to wait to get to the stadium and then on the way to SoFi which is huge and beautiful it was so many people everywhere it was a buzz and then with it being the prime time game it was just another layer of it so yeah it was it was it was everything because the last game I went to the Chargers were down in Carson which is a whole completely different environment it's a soccer stadium it's not a real football stadium so yeah this was this was everything
0: Do you feel like the the traditional fan experience was there? Like, once everyone was in their seats, like, the masks were off, the beer was flowing, everyone was yelling. Was it still a a traditional NFL experience?
3: Oh, yeah. It was ruckus. It was loud. I'm sure there was a couple of fights. I just didn't see them or witness them this time. (laughs) But everything was there, man. Everybody was screaming, yelling. Uh like I said, the building was full of Pittsburgh Steelers fans. So when they got that lead in the fourth quarter, the building was shaking, man. It was it was a whole lot of energy, a whole lot of excitement. People were genuinely having a good time, just like you would think at a football game, especially NFL game.
0: So the Steelers travel well. Everyone knows that. Steelers got fans all across the country. Steelers, Packers, Cowboys. They're going to be at your stadium no matter what. Were there so many Steelers fans there that it it changed the home field advantage?
3: (laughs) Yes, you could. I'll tell you what. When you know at the beginning before the game starts, the offenses come out. So they're the the visiting team. They come out. The crowd goes crazy. All you see is towels. You know the terrible towels everywhere. I'm standing there like where am I at? Like, <laughs> what's going on? And then when the Chargers came out, you could hear more boos than cheers. So at the beginning, I was like, okay, it's going to be a long night. If, if my boys don't play right, this will be a long, long night. But they're so used to it, though. Um, as a Charger fan and then them as players, they, they're used to it. You know, you got a new stadium. You're, you're going to be basically you have a home road game. Because everyone loves to come to California, everyone loves to come to LA. They're gonna pack it out. And and they were out in full force last night.
0: What was the tailgate game like?
3: It was kinda of weak, man. It wasn't up to par. It, it wasn't up to par. But I I I chalked that up to they have everything in place at SoFi, but the, the parking situation is horrendous. It's expensive. So it was the tailgating was light when we were walking around the um, the parking lot. It wasn't as good as other stadiums that I've seen, but just talking to people that are around there, they're going to get that fixed once they get the transit put together correctly in the parking.
0: Robert D. Gibson, man. our heavy hitter when we need to bring in a reliever. I know those two things are contradictory, but I said it anyways. <laughs> our man in the street, our correspondent in L.A. You got any big uh, Thanksgiving plans, my dude?
3: No, actually, you know what? I don't. Um, right now, my plate, I'm, like I said, I'm in Vegas. I have a comedy show tonight, a little, a little off over in Boulder City, but then I'm back here in downtown Vegas tomorrow night at the uh, Funny Bin. So just doing some comedy when I get back. Just gonna rest up a little bit, do a little friends giving, and back 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 with you guys on the show.
0: Yeah, baby. It's gonna be good to have you back. Uh, thanks for calling in and letting us know about the in person feel of a twenty twenty one NFL game. You're the Bees pajamas. Robert, really appreciate you. See you when you get back.
3: No problem, man. You guys have a good night.
0: When we get back, we talk in the MLB hot stove. You're listening to Two Men On on 95.9 FM and AM610, the sports animal. Welcome back to Albuquerque. You're listening to Dave and Buster's Presents, Two Men On. We're live from the John Lopez Real Estate and Coldwell Banker Legacy Studio. We're powered by New Mexico Pinon Coffee. We play on Team I-9 Sports. And find your why at the YMCA. Thanks for Robert Buck D. Gibson for chiming in, a correspondent out on the road. Always good to have him on the program. Five fifteen, we got Rob Portnoy, voice of the Lobos. I'm gonna talk a little Lobos hoops. Next segment, you got two men on the NFL, and those two men will be one Van Nunley and one Michael Vital, as me and everyone's favorite super producer is gonna be talking some football. Right now, I'm going to touch on the MLB hot stove as a couple very intelligent teams made a couple more smart deals, and those being the San Francisco Giants, as they are going to sign a two-year deal with pitcher Alex Wood, who was lights out all year and lights out in the playoffs. Two years, $10 million a year. That seems like a lot of money, but it is not for a number 2 or number 3 pitcher. You're getting him for pennies on the dollar. And you're going to say, "But Van, he only made 3 million last year. He doesn't deserve that big of a raise." And I'm going to tell you, yes he does. He deserves even more than his contract this year. Last year was a prove-it deal, and he proved it. So he signed a one-year deal for $3 million last year. He pitched lights out, and he deserves every penny he makes this year. The Giants also re-signing back-end pieced Anthony DeScalafani get a uh, $12 million in each of the next three seasons. That might be a slight overpay for De but they get their guy. They know they want him. The Miami Marlins, and I think they made the move of the day, signed an ex- extension with Sandy Alcantara. If you're not familiar with Sandy Alcantara, had some uh, injury struggles, but is still only 26 and just signed, got re up for five years and $55 million. For someone with the highest ceiling as Sandy Alcantara, the Marlins got him for pennies on the dollar. So there's a couple good moves being made so far. And there's, and surprisingly, the hot stove usually doesn't heat up until after the winter meetings. And this year, it seems like some guys are taking some team-friendly deals earlier. And I have some thoughts on that. And the reason I think that people are taking what's considered to be market unfriendly, team-friendly deals is because the unsurety of a labor stoppage this year. The winter meetings might get very contentious as the old deal in between the owners and players association has lapsed, and they have to sign a new deal this offseason. So maybe people are wondering about, is this going to get done? Should I take this money now in case there's no season? Maybe they can't come, come to terms of an agreement at the winter meetings and we're unsure if the season even happens. I better get my money now. And I think that's what you're seeing uh, in baseball. And I think you'll see some of the, of course, like the the higher-end players, your Carlos Correas, your Corey Seegers, they're going to wait out the market and get as much money as they can get. But I predict you're going to see a lot of these lower- and middle-tier free agents signing team-friendly contracts just to know that they're going to have a paycheck. When we get back, we'll be talking some NFL And then 5.15, we have Rob Portnoy, voice of the Lobos, here to talk about Lobos hoops. Two Men On, the NFL, when we get back. You're listening to 95.9 FM and AM 610, the sports animal. Welcome back, Albuquerque. We're going into hour number two of Dave & Buster's Presents Two Men On. Two Men On is live from the John Lopez Real Estate and Coldwell Banker Legacy Studio. As always, we are powered by New Mexico Pinon Coffee. And as always, we play on Team I-9 Sports. We get our sweat on at the YMCA, and I encourage you to find your why. Talking NFL football, a little recap, a little preview. First, I want to talk about Josh Tim Allen having zero home improvement whatsoever and letting his new son jonathan taylor thomas just run rampant in his home how about that whooping the colts put on buffalo vital
1: and that seemed like a common theme among some teams that were really playing well lately like the cowboys and the packers you had the bills playing well And they all go down, and a lot of it had to do with their offenses, too. And um, Buffalo looked bad yesterday, and really the uh, Colts looked pretty good. That was scary what Jonathan Taylor did. Five touchdowns.
0: Yeah, one off of a record. You got to work for him, right? If if you got a record coming and you're that close, you got to get him in one more time, right? The other coach knows. It's not going to start a blood feud. You're trying to be part of a record. You're trying to be part of NFL history. You're not running up the scoreboard. like, hey, It's like, hey, we got, a, we got a chance to eternalize this young man. He gets to hold an NFL record. Let's shove it down their throats one more time. I am surprised at how
1: disappointed that uh, the way the Bills looked. And that offense hasn't been the same in the last couple of weeks. And then you look at Tennessee, which lost at home to a one-win team in Houston.
0: Yeah, I mean Tennessee, the offense goes through Derrick Henry. So, I mean, except for a top-tier quarterback, Derrick Henry is about as big of a loss as you can have on any NFL team. No kidding. And then now there's no Julio Jones, and now AJ Brown is hurt too. So what how is Tennessee going to score? They don't have their two big wide receivers, and they don't have Derrick Henry.
1: Their defense had been playing well here when they had that four-game win st- or five-game win streak. But uh, yesterday was kind of a crazy day in the NFL. You had a lot of teams that uh, should have won didn't.
0: Yeah, I mean, except for that Texans uh, return all the way to the goal line, the Titans would have kept the defense. I mean, would have kept the Texans' offense under twenty. That's all you got to do to win in today's NFL. Tyrod Taylor what
1: a game he had for Houston yeah sure then you had the Ravens who are now sitting atop the AFC North which has been pretty competitive and they run their way barely to a win on the road in Chicago without Lamar Jackson they did it with Huntley
0: yeah that's right no Lamar Jackson um it didn't hurt my bottom line, but I was golfing Sunday morning and I didn't change out Lamar Jackson <laughs> oh, no. in one of my fantasy leagues. And I still won by getting a big old goose egg from oh, Lamar Jackson. Man. That's my bad, not your bad, internet. So, Magical Cam, his run's over. He looked coming out first and second quarter like he was going to lead Carolina to another victory. And they fizzled in the second half. I love that storyline. A Cam going back to Carolina and finding success again. Him and a healthy Christian McCaffrey is a fun team to watch. But to me, the storyline was the Chiefs' defense versus the Cowboys' offense. That was very impressive. The Chiefs could not stop anybody the first six or seven weeks of the season.
1: Now they've won four in a row, and a lot of it has to do with that defense. And Chris Jones, They're off
0: their defensive tackle... That's right, and this is a a, a high parity season. A lot of bad teams look really good week to week. A lot of good teams look really bad week to week. But you think you would have a certain level of expectations, especially with the way Dallas has been playing all season. You know your def your defense is going to keep them at least in the mid twenties. You know your offense is going to score high twenties, usually low thirties but just an absolute goose egg against a Chiefs defense that's let everyone score. Yeah, Dak didn't look good
1: yesterday. I mean, I know they they're, they're missed, what, CeeDee Lamb left the game early. He had, like, what, concussion protocol. Correct. Zeke didn't look all that great yesterday, and I just thought that their offense, Cowboys offense, was just a little out of sync, and uh, that, that kind of hurt them.
0: And the Cowboys offensive line is a top five in the NFL group. I mean, that's the heart of that offense.
1: It's actually the number one offense uh, as of last week in the yeah. uh, NFL.
0: That's the heart and soul of their offense is their top-shelf offensive line. And it seemed to me that the Chiefs' defense were just pushing them back off the ball. I don't know if it's a fresh legs thing or if it's a personnel thing. Maybe a couple of the linemen were hurt, et cetera, et cetera. But I haven't seen the Cowboys' offensive line get pushed around that much all year.
1: Yeah, Again, Chris Jones, when he had four and a half sacks, and they they just kept pressuring him and pressuring Dallas, and he you know, he didn't have a whole lot of time back there in the pocket. But you know, the the Kansas City defense has really turned it around. Now they're in the thick of the race for the AFC, and then you wonder who's the other teams in the AFC that are good.
0: And, and I was I've been preaching the Chiefs all year. I mean, their skill players are just way too good the offensive and defensive scheme will gel they're going to they're going to throw everything at that chiefs team so expect the other team's best every week when you're playing Kansas City but i th- i thought the chiefs were going to win i did pick the chiefs i thought they were going to win like 34-31 in a shootout where they trade scores in the last 2 minutes I didn't think it was going to be defense dominating both sides of the ball, especially Kansas City playing that well to keep the Cowboys in single digits.
1: Yeah, and the, the one thing that I've noticed is that Kansas City's offense hasn't been as sloppy, you know, when they're going on that, that losing streak there where they lost 3 of 4 early in the season. had a lot to do with Mahomes making bad bad, bad decisions and turnovers, but you don't see that as much now and. uh their uh running back Alaire, he had he had a decent game, but there wasn't a whole lot of showcase on offense for both teams that can sling it. So that, that was you're right, that was kind of odd. And then you had a game with the Packers and the Vikings and they both scored and that was a that was a crazy game too.
0: Yeah, that was a that was a fun game to watch. Um even though the, the outcome isn't what me and you would have wanted right. being Packer backers. It was another great game in the NFL and I don't have to pull up a stat line to tell you the difference was Kirk Cousins did not turn over the ball.
1: And they didn't give Aaron Rodgers a final shot at the game to, with yeah, the score. Exactly you noticed that. that?
0: So, I mean, officially, Kirk Cousins didn't turn over the ball. But as me and you know, he threw two interceptions.
1: It should have. Yeah. One
0: got called back with a very ticky-tacky roughing the passer. Right. He had the defenseman had was running up on the quarterback cousins chunked the ball blindly already followed through his hand was already passing the the plane and then the defender's momentum ran into uh, the quarterback to me that's just a realistic bing bang boom football play but they got flagged interception came back they got another chance and they scored and you saw the same thing again at the end of the game with 2 minutes left
1: savage picks that off for green bay he comes down and they they ruled that an interception and i thought he had control of the ball until he hit the ground but again you know they which was weird that they overturned it because it was it was razor thin on how you could have picked it so there we go and you know now now you look at Minnesota and they're in the thick of that race in the playoff hunt especially for a wild card. Yeah, they're There's back about five or six teams I think in the NFC that have five wins.
0: Yeah, I mean and it's it's a gauntlet getting through 17 weeks or 17 games in the NFL and surviving and staying healthy and making sure you're you're floating above 500 so you can make a run at the end of the season but the Vikings are doing what they need to do they're still in it don't count them out yet they're in position for a wild card spot right now and they have the team that could rattle off a few wins in a row they've lost some close
1: games i i always said before the beginning of the season they are a playoff team and they they're looking one week they're good and the next week they're down but they lose close games but this was a good game and actually green bay should have won because crosby missed a chip shot field goal which i He's missed nine this year. That's a lot.
0: Yeah, he has been very poor. He started off four for four, and since then, I think he's like nine for 20. its It's been hard to watch. Um, who's Matt, your
1: best team in the AFC, and who's your best team in the NFC?
0: Well, AFC, it's, it's still the skill set of the Kansas City yeah, Chiefs. Yeah, I agree. They're just so good. They're just so good top to bottom. If their defense starts playing like they showed you last time uh, against the Cowboys, then they're going to be the cream of the division again, and I am kind of leaning towards the Chiefs because they were my preseason pick, oh, so I, I, stick want with them, it. I want them to be better than they've been playing at the beginning <laughs> of the year to, to make me, me look like a genius later this season. To
1: me, in the NFC, it's the Packers, and the reason I say that is because, you know, the, now the best record in the NFC is obviously the Cardinals, but Green Bay beat them. Green, Bay Green beat them. Bay's had a third of their starters out. Six starters out, and they still almost won that game yesterday. So that's a pretty good team.
0: Yeah, I couldn't agree anymore. Like, you get one of those interceptions back, it's a different game. Especially the one at the end. That was a, a nail in the coffin for the game, but they got another shot, and they did what they needed to do and scored. So Packer fan out there, don't freak out. Like, you lost to a division it's rival on the road. That's not, a, that's not a bad loss. Vikings are going to steal a game from a lot of division rivals. You should expect it. Packer fan, you've been watching the Vikings steal a game here and there for years. This is this is no secret to you. The Vikings were at home. The Vikings are hungry. They need a win against a division rival. And they got a, a couple bounces go their way, and they won the game.
1: Is Cleveland, a
0: wild, is Cleveland
1: a playoff team? I think the New England Patriots are more of a playoff team now.
0: Well, yeah, just by a record alone and how well they've been playing lately, uh, the Patriots are definitely way ahead of Cleveland. Yeah, Cleveland as, as got far an ugly
1: as, win, but their quarterback's banged up. So,
0: Quarterback's banged up. Quarterback is above average at best. I think we've had enough data for Baker Mayfield to see that he's not going to be an elite guy. If uh, the Cleveland Browns are playing every facet of football well, special teams defense, controlling the clock with the run game, if they're doing all those things, Baker Mayfield is going to win some football games for your team. But if one of those facets go wrong, Baker Mayfield doesn't have the skill set. He doesn't have the elite ability to win a football game on their own. And I think the Patriots are set up for success because they are having every part of the game controlled by their tempo by their game plan and their rookie quarterback is doing everything they need to do to win when we get back it's two men on lobo basketball as rob portnoy voice of the lobos joins us you've list- you're listening to 95.9 fm and am610 the sports animal welcome back to dave and busters presents two men on we are live from the john lopez real estate and coldwell banker legacy studio We're powered by New Mexico Pinon Coffee, and we play on Team I-9 Sports. We get our sweat on at the YMCA, and I encourage you to find your why. Friend of the show and friend in real life, the voice of the Lobos, Rob Portnoy, joins us. What a treat, buddy. How you doing? I'm awesome. Brother Van, how are you? Peachy. Peachy. Uh, We're off air early today for Monday Night Football, but I'm glad you could sneak one in with us.
4: Tight, right? Right at the finish, we sneak it in. We're getting psyched up for Lobo basketball tonight in the pit. Western New Mexico is here. And uh, yeah, we hope everybody comes out. You got plenty of time and you have no excuses. It's gorgeous out. You're going to get here early. The game tips at seven. Uh, Come watch the Lobos.
0: Lobo's about to wrap up a homestand here as they disposed of Montana State Saturday night. It was a close one, and it was even closer than the final score says. But Rob, who knows who Montana State is? They're a bunch of nobody losers. We should have blew the doors off of them, right? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
4: Um, if if that
0: narrative is out
4: there, let's put that to bed. Um, It's a team that took Colorado to overtime. That's the team that the Lobos fought hard uh, with and lost uh, to in Boulder uh, just last weekend. That was a really tough opponent. The Lobos coming out on top in the scenario where their top scorer, their leader, their energizer at point guard uh, plays just over 17 minutes. I'm talking about Jalen House. He goes down and can't finish the game because of a sprained ankle. For the Lobos to to get that done and to do it in comeback fashion the way they did was huge.
0: Western New Mexico on the calendar tonight. This seems like a trap game. This seems like a game that New Mexico, the game plan might be, hey, let's get some extra guys in the game. Let's work out some new offensive and defensive schemes. And then the next thing you know, it's tied up in the second half. What do you anticipate from the Lobos tonight?
4: I asked Coach Catino what does he want to see most from his team tonight? And he didn't mince words. He said, get a win. Uh, it's a regular season game for New Mexico. It is a Division Two opponent, but it is a regular season game. And the single most important thing is taking care of business, protecting your home court, going to 3-0 and in the pit. The, those are the only things that matter. Uh, for the Lobos so um, yeah you know look they'll make some shots right this team will make some shots and I said three and zero, four four no in the pit uh, the Lobos would be if they get this one tonight um, they will make some shots you just do what you do New Mexico should be able to come out of here on top and it's a team that you can turn over if the Lobos get going in transition it could be fun tonight
0: Voice of Western New Mexico Ed Nunez is going to be on the show sitting in sitting in with me tomorrow. Do you guys have like a biggie Tupac beef going on when you're both on air at the same time? Are you are you looking across the court and being like, my call of that three pointer was better than your call, bro?
4: It's no different than when your boy was in the house when Highlands was here and he was wearing purple. We're still <laughs> bud it's all good no no yeah yeah it's exactly when fred slow was here um and you know we talked with you look I, I, ed, ed does a great job i love ed um and uh i hope he has fun over there and i hope the locals have four points at the end it's pretty simple
0: so what do you the guys on the end of the bench who haven't got enough time what do you expect to see out of those guys tonight Well, look,
4: uh, we still don't know what the situation is going to be um, with Jalen House at the point for New Mexico. So what does that mean if if he is uh, unable to play or plays limited minutes because of the ankle? We won't know. Coach Bettino told me earlier today it will be a game-time decision. Um, If that's the case, then I would expect to see more minutes on the point, uh, probably for a player like Jeremiah Francis, um, who hasn't gotten a ton of court time um, because – uh, you know, I mean, House has been awesome. Uh, he's, he's, he's been one of the best players in the conference through the first four games, certainly. So um, that's something that you could see at the point. And, and yes, it would be fantastic um, if guys who are coming off the bench tonight, and if they do get some more run, they take advantage of that and get even more comfortable because, you know, once we get to January and uh, it's conference time, these minutes that they get right now are invaluable.
0: All right, and now it's time for my update. Sebastian, Swedish streetball four-sling. How many minutes and points does he get tonight?
4: Ooh, you're putting me on the spot. You want me to throw <laughs> down numbers. Uh, please, no one go to the bookie with any of these suggestions on my part. Um, <laughs> um, so, it, it, look, it depends on what kind of game it ends up being. You know, I mean, uh, I, I look back at the the, the Lobos exhibition And the 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 press meant that it was such an up and down game. It didn't really suit the seven footer, right? So even though you think oh exhibition, the Lobos end up, you know, winning by a lot, it's a game where Fortling plays a ton of minutes. It wasn't necessarily the case. So let's see what type of pace this game takes um before we know for sure. But I think I think Sebastian is um between fifteen and twenty minutes of court time tonight. Uh, I think that he goes for eight points for rebounds and probably gets to the line uh, twice. I'll I'll give him, you know, three from four at the foul line. And,
0: um, yeah, I I think that's about right. You heard it there first. Sebastian Forsling is going for 30 points, 10 of 10 from the (laughs) three-point line, straight from the voice of the Lobos right there. Hey, I got
4: one for you on Sebastian Forsling. I am uh, currently a Twitter pal of his dad who is awesome, by the way, on Twitter. But half the stuff, I don't understand it because it's a language I don't speak.
0: Oh, how funny. (laughs) You're the bee's pajamas, Rob. We always love having you on. You're just the most talented dude I know, and I can't wait to hear the call tonight. Thanks for being such a good friend and friend of the show, my dude. Hey, it's
4: great talking with you, Van, and you guys be good.
0: Tomorrow we got special guest Ed Nunez sitting in with us and also Joel Luevano from the Albuquerque Aardvarks will be sitting in with us uh, to talk a, a little, uh, little rugby, a little uh, charity concert event. MLB tomorrow, NFL tomorrow, all your hot-button topics tomorrow. You've been listening to Two Men On on 95.9 FM and AM 610, the sports animal.